0: Hi, I'm Lisa. I'm a compulsive overeater and a bulimic. Hi, uh, hello. Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> um, I first want to welcome our new people. There were a lot of you tonight. I'm so glad you guys are here. This program works. Um, I hope you stay. It, you know, it takes a lot of courage to show up here. Um, and congratulations on 30 days. And welcome, welcome and happy birthday, Lisa. Um, so, uh, so I, Michelle, I told her she was in my opening. Um, she had, last week she goes, hey, I just wanna let you know that you're my backup speaker in case people, in case someone cancels. And I was like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> awesome. And then yesterday, <laughs> I got a text from her. And I, I was like, I looked at it, and I was just like, really? (laughs) Really? I just was like, no. Um, And, uh, and I, 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 it took me a little while to respond, not very long, but, but I said no for a few minutes, Um, even though I know I can't, you know, I'm not allowed to do that, but, And so I was like, I don't know what I said. Let me know. She was like, she may not be able to show up. I was like, let me know. I didn't didn't fully commit. I was like, let me know. And she was like, well, can we just say it's you? I was like, damn. Yes. But here's the thing. Here's the reason why I bring this up. Thank you for doing that. Um, I needed that so badly. And I didn't even know how much. Um. So, uh, so here's what happened: is it forced me? So I've been, I've been, um, well, one of I'm I'm reworking the steps with my sponsor, and so I knew I was going to be standing at a podium saying that. And the truth of the matter is, I'm procrastinating on reworking the steps with my sponsor, and I've done my first step, and she's been waiting for the second step for I don't know a month and a half or two or something like that. And this morning, and, and, you know, I I I said yes, and I knew I was going to be here, and, I, and this morning, and I, you know, I just was feeling off the beam, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to sit down and write that second step this morning. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to write it. I'm just going to get it done so I can stand at the podium and say, <laughs> I wrote my second step, and I'm ready to read it to my sponsor, who's sitting here in the room, and, um, And so I did it, and it was, and, you know, here's the thing. You know, I struggle with my relationship with God in this program. Not always, but I have been lately, and I think it has a lot to do with, um, one of the things I tend to do is I tend to, um, you know, give people, you know, the power in my life to, you know, and I look to them, and I, you know, Put my faith in them to help me and guide me and do those things and um, and then, if they disappoint me, and it talks about it this in the second step in our in our o a twelve and twelve you know people are human and they 're going to disappoint us and for me, when that happens, I feel untethered and so I've, I've had a, a shake up in a relationship with someone. Um, who is sort of a mentor to me, and um, and it's shaken it's it's shaken me up a bit, and I felt very untethered. And um, and as I wrote that, as I read and wrote that second step, I didn't know what it was going to do for me. I did not know that at the end of that writing, I was going to feel the way that I felt. It was unexpected. The only reason I did it was because I wanted to be able to stand here and tell you that I did it. Um, it was my ego, you know, and, uh, and what came out of it was, you know, a belief in a power greater than me, you know? Um, and, and for me that, that power is always there, but I have to choose it. I have to reach out for it. I have to take action um and that action that I took this morning because Michelle <laughs> texted me yesterday and asked me to be here connected me with the power and and I forget that I forget like I have to be actively working this program and let me just say you know you know my uh, this is my home group I'm here you know almost every week I have a commitment here Um, My sponsor is here. She just celebrated 31 years in this program. She's an amazing example of this program. She walks before me. She works this program. And I don't always follow that example the way that I would like to. She's my sponsor for a reason, because she works a kick-ass program. Um, She's a great example to me, but I don't always follow that example. You know, I want to get away with nickel and diming stuff. And... um, that doesn't work for me. You know, I, there's a lot of people in this room that I that I love. My my OA sisters are here. One of my best friends is here. Actually, a couple of my best friends are here. Um, and uh, and Michelle is somebody that I am very fond of in this program. And um, and you know, again, thank you so much. I had no idea. Um, I just kind of look at it as God calling. You know, like when you get asked to speak it's just God calling and you can't say no to God, so um, but it just turned out to be so special for me um, so I'm feeling so much better uh, and you know, so what it was like for me um, you know, I grew up in an alcoholic home and um, I don't, I don't really there's not a lot to say about that, it's, it's you know, alcoholism is crazy, it's a family disease um, you know, the family members are, as, you know, in, you know, as warped as, if not more warped than the alcoholic themselves. And, um, my, you know, my father liked to go out and drink in the bars, and my mother was let, drank at home and was really angry at him. Um, so it was kind of every man for himself in my family. And, you know, I, I didn't, you know, my food stuff didn't really start coming up. I had a lot of ways of escaping that environment. Um, without actually leaving, and that was, you know, I read a lot. I um, I uh, followed around my soon-to-be alcoholic sister and tried to save her. Um, and you know, I, I, I excelled in school until it became too hard, and then I just gave up. Um, and uh, when I when I was 16 is when my when my food stu- stuff started, and I, I started to binge and purge after my that sister that I would follow around. Um, and try and save, uh, left our family and didn't come back. So um, I turned to food at that point, and um, I, you know, when I, I I don't have a lot of memory. I mean, I, I, I just know that I would eat and I would throw up, and and um, and it was comforting to me, you know. And uh, you know, that became my primary relationship for many many years. Um. You know, I moved away from that that home, and um, and you know, I have a history with drugs and alcohol as well. And you know, I was never a daily drinker, um, but I, I threw up every day, and um, and I you know I had relationships during that time with men that you know, and and my way of coping with life was by turning to food and binging and purging. <laughs> And, um, and it, it, was, it, it worked. It numbed me out. Um, it, it made life bearable. Um, but what ended up happening was um, <clears throat> I ended up getting sober in uh, March of 1991. And uh, I, I, had, I had had a baby the year before that, so my son was 15 months old. And um, my father was sober in AA, and so I called him to, to, you know, and asked him for help. And he came and got us, and, and um, I went into a uh, a facility that took women and children in uh, to help them get sober. And so I was there with my son, and I really feel like when I got sober, that's when this disease took off. Like, I... It, it, I it just and, and for eight years into my sobriety, I was eating and throwing up. And uh, that first year, I, I was in that in that facility for, it was a it was a six to eighteen month program, and I was there for twenty months, um, because you know I'm one of those people that needs a little extra time because um, I get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> um, I you know it's so funny like I remember. My uh, my sister had a roommate. She was sober in AA, and she had a roommate, and she used to tell her roommate stories about me. Like, oh, Lisanne lost her past this weekend. And, and her when I got out, her roommate thought I was some, like, scary biker, like, crazy street girl. You know, I've never even been in a fight. Um, I just have a bad attitude, and, and I... <laughs> and I, and I and I look mean, you know, <laughs> my, uh, one of my, spo- I'm in several programs, one of my sponsors, I told her, um, when I was doing an uh, eight-step with her, I told her the story about when I was, I think I was five, and, um, and uh, I had a friend, her name was Lynette Plant, and we got in a fight, and, um, you know, we were five, we got in, like, an argument, and, and um, I had leaned over and spit into the planter on the plants, and she goes, why don't you pollute the plants some more? So I leaned over and spit on her, and I thought, that was, you know, how clever, you know, at five to come up with some, such an amazing comeback, um, but that was on my inventory, and I, when I read it to my sponsor, she was like, you know what? You spit on people with your face now. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so I was like, "Wow." Um, so if I've ever looked at you funny and you feel spit on, sorry. Um, come talk to me. I, I people I've to- told that story from the podium, and people have actually come up to me. I totally felt spit on by you. I'm like, oh my god! Do an inventory. Um, okay, I'm. I'm I'm sidetracking here. Alright, so what it was like. I um so I started throwing up at sixteen and it continued well into my forties. Um I had relationships during that time. I had a child, I got sober, and then like I said, in sobriety, it just it it just got bigger. Um sobriety, you know, I, I was a single mother and um before I got sober I was homeless and I'd never had like a real job Um, I was a bad waitress um, and um, you know people would leave me like a nickel and two pennies as my tip and one one family complained that I was throwing the plates at them but I was like look if I had been throwing the plates it would have left a mark, trust me so yeah, bad waitress, um, and I and I and I went into this recovery home. I had my son, and and like I said, my my eating disorder took off. And um, but but I but I got sober there, and I was there for that purpose. And I did talk, tell somebody about this problem, and they did try to help me. They sent me to like therapy and whatever. And I I remember I stopped throwing up for 30 days. I marked it on a calendar, and then it was just too much for me, and I and I gave up. Um, and I, you know, so I had to be kind of, you know, stealth in my lo- finding locations where I could act out um, because people were watching me. Um, but I, you know, so I, so I got sober, and I, you know, I went through a three-month program, um, uh, business program to learn how to use a computer and um, and become self-supporting. And uh, and so by the time I left there, I had a job, an apartment, and a car that my dad had given me, and, um, I didn't have my license though, and I was a scary driver, let me tell you, um, but I moved into this apartment with this girl, and her, she had two children, and then I had my son, and, and, um, and the kids shared the master bedroom, and she and I had, had our own rooms, and, um, the master bedroom had a bathroom in it, so I would use that bathroom, and, uh, and I met a guy, and we had like a long relationship. And throughout that entire relationship, I was I was binging and purging. Um, I worked. I got you know I got a job. You know my you know my job got better. I got you know I, I was I was good at showing up, sitting up, and showing up for work. So I was learning that in in AA. And um, but I would go in the bathroom and I would throw up every day. And um, you know I I got promoted because I you know because I. I did what I said I was going to do, and um, I became, you know, somebody who could um, uh, thrive in in the workplace, but um, all the while, I was eating and throwing up, and um, that relationship ended, and and it was, you know, he went out and drank, and he stalked me. It was really exciting. You know, that's love when you get stalked. When people leave you little scary notes on your door and call you in the middle of the night um, and threaten you. (laughs) We ended up getting back together after that, too, by the way. (laughs) That tells you a little bit about my relationship history, but um, we won't go there. Uh, But, yeah, so so what happened was, at eight years of sobriety, at about eight years of sobriety, um, I'd been around long enough you know, doing the deal, going to meetings. I had a sponsor. I was working the steps to the best of my ability. It's really hard to work the steps when you're, when you are, um, when you have an eating disorder like I do. And, um, you know, I wasn't really present for any of it. And, uh, but at eight years, I, I, I realized I didn't want to die. Like I'd been sober long enough And things had gotten better enough that I wanted to live. And I was afraid my eating disorder was going to kill me. Um, And I had this, you know, this little boy who um, needed me because there was nobody else. And um, his father wasn't really capable of taking care of him. Um, And my family wasn't super involved in his life. Um, so I talked to somebody um, well actually here's what happened I, I, the, my sponsor at the time um, I told her that I couldn't stop throwing up and she said if you don't stop throwing up I'm going to send you to OA and make you call Leslie E and I was like what? no <laughs> so like for two years I stopped throwing up on that alone um, laughter for those of you out there uh, Leslie e is my sponsor today um, but uh, I um, so but what happened was so I stopped growing up but what I what happened was I started obsessively dieting like looking for the perfect diet the perf- I did not know how to eat so I started trying to figure out like how I you know and and it, it was talked about it in the second step today is that you know we try to figure out how we can, you know, have our cake and eat it, too. Like, I wanted to be able to eat, but I wanted to be thin. So, um, I would, you know, like, I would find, you know, the carb addict's diet. So, you know, you you eat really low carbs all day, and then you have one meal where you can, in my mind, you could just go to town and eat whatever you wanted, which wasn't really what the diet said, but that's how I perceived it. Um, And... You know, when I look back on that time, that it almost was worse than when I was binging and purging because my brain was insane trying to figure it out. Like, I could not stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop thinking about my body, my weight, calories. Dieting, food, like what I could eat, what I couldn't eat, it was just like this crazy hamster wheel of nonstop thinking, and then hating myself, loathing myself when I could not do it perfectly, and um, eventually, what ended up happening is I threw up again and uh, and that um, that was when I turned to OA for the first time, and I remember I, I there was a, a girl that I knew in AA who was in this program, and I asked her if she would sponsor me, and I remember her saying to me, you know, you're probably going to gain weight, but don't worry, it will all even itself out, and for some reason, I believed her. I, don't, I just, I believed her, and I was able to stop throwing up and, you know, I didn't work a structured food plan early on. I, I you know, I wanted to eat sugar. That was the bottom line. But, but I knew I couldn't really eat sugar, so I ate sugar-free, and that's not good. Um, that does terrible things to your body if you eat it the way that I do compulsively. Um, so, uh, I was a really angry newcomer, very, very angry, rageful, insane, like screaming at God at the top of my lungs, throat burning, <laughs> screaming, um, like, I don't know, just a nut job. And, um, and I rem- you know, I have journaling from back then where it looks like a serial killer wrote it. It's just like rah, It's just crazy looking. Um, and it's just all about how much I hate myself and I hate my body. Um, and I hated my boyfriend because he wanted to be with me. So it was just this ugly, dark, and, and we lived together. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know. I have no idea how that all went down. When I look back, it's all a blur, but, um, but eventually what happened was, um, it got better it got better as I stayed here and um, uh, you know Leslie sponsored me for a while and um, she gave me so many great tools early on and one of them one of them is one I still use today and that I that I tell other women and the women I sponsor all the time and it was it's such a simple thing but I would have never come up with it on my own and she said Wear clothes that fit the body you're in today. Like, like buy clothing that fits your body. And you know, I want to be able to wear size two. And let me just say, I've never been a size two, but you know, I still want to be a size two, but not bad enough to hurt myself. Um, but you know, I had you know my size six pants. I wanted to be able to fit into those, and so I would try and squeeze into them, and I would be horribly uncomfortable all day long and want to kill myself like tight clothes equal I want to kill myself so I started buying clothes that fit me and oh my god it was a miracle (laughs) I did not spend the entire day thinking about my body um so that was that's actually one of the my favorite favorite tools um you know, I, I I wrote out my red, yellow, green light foods. I, you know, I, I did inventory. I, you know, I did a lot of th- You know, I worked the steps. I sponsored other people. Um, and things got better. You know, it took a lot. Honestly, it took me a really long time to be willing to work a structured food plan, though. It took me a really long time. That, um, that was something that... Um, I don't, for some reason, I just, I wanted to do it my way. I wanted to do my food my way. And um, there's such a freedom and and, and such a, um, there's such power in surrendering to a food plan, I found out for myself. Um, I, uh, the first food plan that I actually did was uh, from the Dignity of Choice pamphlet that we have. And it was really amazing that. Following a simple food plan um, kind of took all the energy out of it. Like, I didn't really have to think about it because I knew what I was going to eat, you know. Like, I knew I knew the amounts. I knew, you know, how much of this, how much, how much protein, how much vegetable, how much, you know, all the things. And so there wasn't a lot. I didn't have to put all this. And there was no, like, last-minute, you know, figuring it out. So... Um, I had no idea how much power there was in that and, and I'm you know I, I work a structured food plan today I, I most of the time I weigh and measure my food and um, that really works for me I've had to fully concede to my inner myself that that really is the best way for me to eat um, and I don't do it perfectly um, I don't do it every single day um, but for the most part that's what I turn to because it I it it, it feels right to me um, but, so i I started working the food plan, and then, what happened was things always happen when I get into relationships. I don't know what the, I mean that's just how it is for me. Um so, I met somebody in another program, and you know, we dated for a while, and um, he was in a few programs as well and it and it looked really good on the outside. you know, we were the cute couple, you know and um but it was kind of a volatile relationship, and um, we ended up getting married and moving to Florida, and, you know, part of me was kind of excited about, like, leaving here and not being accountable to all the stuff that I had, that I did here. I was part of a big AA family, and, you know, I was in OA, and I was in Al-Anon, and I was active in all my programs, and there was this part of me that was kind of excited that, like, nobody was going to know me there, and I could, you know, I I like to, I like to do what I want to do, um, and you know thankfully, I'm accountable in my programs, and i I don't get to do whatever I want to do. It never serves me well, even though I think I need it um, but anyway, we moved and um and you know, I took my son with me, and we you know he was fifteen at the time, and uh we got to Florida and just it just went south fairly quickly and um I ended up losing my abstinence out there and uh I wasn't there long. I stayed for about a year, um, but probably within the first—I don't know—two or three months, I lost my abstinence. We got there in in June, I think, or July, and um, I lost my abstinence. And then I did not get abstinent again until October. And what happened was, I was—I was like—I was—I like, was, I was going out and shopping and buying food and hiding it in my house because it was mine and um and I'd never done that before well I'd never had to well no I've, I've lived with other people I, I just had never hid food before um that was not something that I ever did and uh and so that was that was a new thing for me and um you know there was it was a volatile relationship there was you know and my son was there, and it was you know there were nights where we had to leave the house because the anger was so big and scary and, um, and it just it just it was it was not good. Um, but you know so, so I was binging and purging again, and I ended up um, getting to a point where I just couldn't do it one more day, and I went to an OA meeting in Florida, and uh, it was this little meeting, and there were maybe I don't know, 10 people there, if that. And this woman shared, and i i was like she's there she is <laughs> my sponsor and uh she just she she talked and and it sounded like home to me. It just sounded like strong recovery and um and that's what I come from here and so uh, it took me a little while, a couple of weeks, and I called her, and she got me on the path there. Um, quickly, and she got me super active and involved in OA in Florida, and um, I was, you know, working the steps with her, and we were doing, um, you know, this step study out of the OA 12 and 12 with a bunch of women, and, um, you know, I was going, I was doing, like, marathon meetings and just super active phone meetings, and um, I was working a, a structured food plan, and it was the first time I felt, like, clear and really abstinent like I was super free from all of all of the crazy I you know um it took a little while when in the first 30 days I remember that I I went home one night after work and um my husband at the time had lost he, he had been abstinent and he had lost his abstinence and I remember sitting on the edge of the bed and just being like I can't do it one more day it's too hard and he said to me you know what, just hang in there because I've been watching you, and now I want to get abstinent again, too. And he, he ended up getting abstinent. Um, so if you're new, you never know who's watching and what kind of example you're being. Um, so I got abstinent, and, and, you know, our relationship did not get better. I ended up coming home, and, you know, I thought, you know, I'm going to hit the ground running, I'm coming home, all my programs, all my people... And I got here, and as soon as things settled, I got my apartment, my job, um, it all came crashing down, and I ended up losing my abstinence for the last time. And um, I, you know, I, I, I was in the disease, deeply in the disease for seven months, and it was ugly and hard and painful. And... Um, you know, by chance, I was at, I was at a meeting in another fellowship one night, and we went to fellowship afterwards, and this woman that I did not know, thank you, sitting across the table from me, um, was talking about people that I knew in this program, and I was like, oh, I know, I was like, are you in LA, and she said, yeah, and so I just told her, I can't stop throwing up, and, and she, and, you know, she, you know, she asked me the question, do you think you can just not do it tonight, and I was like, I don't know, you know, and I ended up going home, and, That whole weekend, I I binged and purged, but um, on Sunday night, I was taking a shower, and I was in the shower, and my throat was sore, and my neck was hurting, and I felt like an abused child, you know, I felt like how I used to feel when I was little, and my mom would get angry, and she'd grab me by the hair and yank me across the room, but the thing was is that I realized that I was doing it to myself, like that was me abusing me, and that was my moment of clarity and um that was February 12th 2007 that's my abstinence date and um I ended up getting abstinent and I worked with that woman for a while and then um and then I think I called Leslie and I worked with her for a while and then I went off and worked with someone else you know I've kind of moved around a bit but I've been back with Leslie for a while now and um you know, and I don't work the perfect OA pro- program. I wish I did. Um, you know, I, I, I'll i tell you, in this, in this last um, year or so, um, I've called her and, and said, you know, I feel like I'm struggling. And she is not someone to pull punches, and she just tells you the way she sees it. And she said to me, you don't make OA a priority. And I was like, you're right, I don't. Um, and so that's when we talked about, you know, me reworking the steps, and, um, and I picked up another meeting, and I got a commitment there, and I swear to God, it's so amazing when I pick up the tools of this program, and I, when I get active, and when I do the things that we do here, that is where the power lies. Um, I, you know, there's part of me that, this is going to sound crazy, but, like, I don't want to believe in God, you know what I mean? Um, But I cannot deny the power that is in all of the things that we do here because when I do them my life changes and that's you know that's a miracle um you know I'm grateful for this program uh you know I have a great relationship with my son um he just turned 29 and um he's a good kid you know he's a good kid I'm really lucky um you know my family relationships are still are still challenging, um, but I show up in those relationships anyway, and I do the best that I can. And um, you know I've ha- I had a really hard work w- w- work week this last week. My boss my boss lives in Malibu, and so he was affected by those fires. And of course, you know he's feeling I I know I I know what's wrong. He's acting really badly. Mm-hmm. He's acting really badly and being really mean, but I know what it's about. I know that he's, you know, he's powerless, man, and he doesn't have a program of recovery to help him with that, so he tries to control everything else that he can, and part of that is me, (laughs) and I don't like that, Um, and uh, I've had to really like, restraint of pen and tongue, like, I want to send him emails and explain, like, why what he's doing is wrong, and uh, it's just, I just have to just show up and do my job, um, that's what the traditions teach me, and, um, you know, and, and I haven't eaten over it, and it's been really, really, really hard, um, I'm, it's upsetting, because uh, I really love his family, they, I care about them, I've been working for them for 12 years, and so, I feel like, you know, I'm part of the family. What are you getting mad at me for, you know? Um, but I just get to, get to keep showing up and doing the best I can. Um, anyway, I'm grateful I got to come tonight. Michelle, you changed my life just by asking me. Thank you so much. And, um, yeah, thanks for letting me share. <laughs> Veronica. talk about having you a sensation? <laughs> so she's asking how I handle temptation um, specifically recently because I told her a story recently about something that happened um, so she clearly wants me to share that um, so I, uh, my son just turned 29 and you know we don't travel we don't, you know, part of our family we don't, he and I are a family <laughs> took me a long time to realize that that we are a family. Um but we one of the things one of the traditions since he was 3 years old is that we go to Disneyland around the holidays. And so we went to Disneyland on the 29th. Now, I I have this thing where like you know, part of my disease one of the things it does is it says it's this little voice in my set in my head that makes sense to me. It says, "Well, you can just have it this once." Cuz that seems reasonable, right? Just this once. Um, even though my history tells me that absolutely not, that does not work, once bleeds into the rest of my life a day at a time. That's my experience. And I had, I've had to fully concede to my innermost self that that is my truth, and it's been hard because I want to be able to eat sugar. But the truth is I cannot eat it like a lady, and sugar becomes my life. Like uh, it's, I have to have it every day, even if I'm not binging on it because I don't binge anymore but I must have it. Anyway, what happened was we went to Disneyland, and Disneyland's kind of like, it's like free day. (laughs) It's like vacation. Like, you know, there's no rules. And um, he and I went to get some breakfast, and, um, you know, we grabbed a little sandwich, little, you know, breakfast sandwiches at a Starbucks, and and I was like, oh, and can I have a piece of that pumpkin bread? Got my little pumpkin bread, put it in my backpack. (laughs) Uh, walked around. We did Disneyland all day, and that little pump, pumpkin bread was in my backpack. And by the end of the day, I would realized I hadn't eaten the pumpkin bread. And, uh, and I was like, oh, well, I'll eat it when I get home, when I'm sitting on the couch, and it's quiet, and I got the TV on, my pumpkin bread. And uh, I got home, and I, it was I, it was so weird. I could not eat the pumpkin bread. Like, I could not eat the pumpkin bread. I I could feel the barrier between me and the pumpkin bread. It 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 was like there was a something there. I could not eat it, and um, and I I, I asked my son if he wanted it. He didn't, so we I threw it away. But the thing was, like after that, I was like, what was that like? <laughs> And so I started praying to the power that kept me from eating the pumpkin bread because it was like, it was there. It was real. I could feel it. And, um, you know, there's a power here. There's something, I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is, but it's there. And But I have to reach out for it. Like, it is my responsibility to reach out for it and to do the things that keeps me connected. Because when I'm not connected, the further, the more, the, the further I get away from it, the more, the 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 more vulnerable I am to I can just have it this once, and I can't. So that's the danger. I have to stay and keep doing the things here: my daily routine, my readings, my writings, you know, calling my sponsor, working the steps, working with others, praying on my knees, all the stuff that we do. Um, it keeps me connected to the power, and I need it desperately. Thanks for asking. Anybody else? Thanks, man. Um, can you talk about your experience with meditation? What it looks like for you? Can I talk about my experience with meditation? Sure. Um, I uh, my meditations are. I've done. I've done a lot of different things. The most profound experience I had with meditation. Um, was I started using um, a prayer and meditation from my uh, from my religious background, and um, you know it was it was before, actually before I was part of the religion it was um, something suggested by my father and and i I thought oh yeah that 'll be easy i don 't have to figure it out. I can just do this thing, do it the way that it says to do it, and that 's it. And um, I started doing it, and it became this crazy religious experience for me. <laughs> like, I, I felt, it was the first time that I felt truly connected. I felt it like it was real, because I, it was like I could feel it in my body. Um, and I ended up going through um, and becoming part of that religious background or order. Um uh, so and and then and then it got scary because it was so real. I got afraid of it. Like, what what are they going to ask me to do? I can't. I, I, it's too much for me. And I and I kind of took a step back. But um, you know, right now it's mostly uh, uh, doing my readings in the morning quietly. Um, I realized today that part of that, thank you, is incorporating the writing because of what happened this morning for me. That 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 what comes out of that quiet time for me if I if I not only read and and you know contemplate but also write, I, it was really I, I, I'm gonna start incorporating that too. And I ran out of time. Sorry if you want to talk more, let me know. Thanks.